0: Hey guys, Dee Williams here, and you are listening to episode number four of the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. Let's get fired up.
1: Welcome to StaffingStartup.tv, the podcast that gives you direct access to the world's leading recruitment, staffing, and startup experts. D. Williams speaks with amazing thought leaders, venture capitalists, and technology trend centers about their journey, challenges, and successes related to recruitment, staffing, and hiring. Now, here's your host, Dee Williams.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Dee Williams, and welcome to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast where we get fired up about recruitment and staffing. That's right. This podcast is all about the ins and outs, ups and downs, and all arounds of finding and nurturing and securing exceptional talent for companies all across the globe. And today we're diving right into one of my favorite segments, (laughs) Driven Insights. That's right, Driven Insights, where we talk to thought leaders about recruitment, hiring, and recruitment leadership practices that will help staffing entrepreneurs support their clients and candidates more effectively and grow their businesses. And I am very happy, oh my gosh, like, whoo, happy. To have here with us today, Bruce Tolgan of Rainmaker Thinking. He's a leading author, speaker, and researcher. Bruce, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you so much for including me. I am honored to be part of this.
0: This is an awesome opportunity because um, not only have, am I a fan of your YouTube channel, (laughs) But um, I've read only two of your books because you have tons of books like you. You are an author king, I feel like I'm (laughs) trying to catch up with you for sure.
2: Right. But there's 20 books, but they're short. But
0: that's cool, though. I mean, you are (laughs) delivering some amazing information that um, I feel like is super valuable, not just for people like me. When I say that, meaning I'm a book junkie, (laughs) but people who are actually in the recruitment and staffing industry. And so I want to dive right in because I I have so much excitement around this conversation I'm going to have with you. I feel like you're definitely the go-to SME when it comes to the millennial shift and building high performance and high retention teams for companies and different things like that. So I want to ask, through your research, have you found that it's more challenging to create a high performance culture um, in the age of the millennial?
2: Well, here's what our research shows. And we've been tracking these issues for 25 years now. Uh, We started tracking these issues when I was young. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and um, uh, here's what I think. Um, You know, the labor market is very tight. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the supply and demand curve today is out of whack. Uh, There is a much greater demand than there is supply for a lot of the open positions in the labor market. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the first thing. The second thing is there is a great demographic wave happening. Uh, We call it the generational shift. Mm -hmm. Uh, The oldest, most experienced people are filling up what demographers call the age bubble on one end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And those folks are working till later ages, but they're leaving. The grown-ups are leaving. Uh, And meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, the fastest growing segment of the workforce is those born 1990 and later. And with them, a whole new attitude is coming to work.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: right? and, 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 and meanwhile, uh, it's not just the millennials, mm-hmm. people of all ages now are thinking more and more like free agents, not because they're disloyal, not because they have short attention spans, but because they have to take care of themselves and their families in this highly uncertain environment. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you know, we're all becoming millennials. The millennials, the second wave millennials, the youngest, least experienced people in the workplace today, are like canaries in the coal mine. Uh, where they are is where we're all headed.
0: hmm I love that. So I I have all these questions and they're scattered everywhere. So you got to bear with me and you're tapping on so many things. So, I'm going to move this around. So uh, with that being said, I heard you talk about short term and transactional is the new norm of the workplace, right? And that kind of falls in line to what you're talking about now. Can you talk a little bit about that concept and how recruitment and staffing professionals can use this concept to help companies with great talent?
2: Yeah, you are right on the money. That what when I talk with business leaders, uh, the first thing I tell them is if there's an earthquake in five minutes before it happens and we all run out of here, the one thing I want you to remember is that the mindset of the workforce is shifting from the old model, which is long-term and hierarchical. Mm-hmm to the new model, which is short-term and transactional. And the youngest, least experienced people, they've never known it any other way. They can't imagine another way. The older, more experienced people are are experiencing a radical change, right? especially older, more experienced people who have paid their dues, climbed the ladder, accumulated some seniority, and now a bunch of Guys like me are telling them, oh, hey, seniority doesn't matter anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, the new normal, uh, it's a great way to put it. Uh, thank you for giving me that. Uh, it is, is short-term and transactional. That doesn't mean uh, that you can't retain people for the long term. You can. Okay. But you have to do it one day at a time, one person at a time.
1: You're listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. For more info on today's show, be sure to check out the show notes at StaffingStartup.tv.
0: Okay. So I like that concept. So in the past where we were, this is your career model, or this is the career ladder that you can take and just know you're kind of future pacing them. We've always future paced people, right? That's the term that uh, my mentor uses. Um, That's a good but, term. Yeah, right. And so now we're at the point where you really can't future pace too far ahead. It's more about, hey, let's let's focus on what we have going on now. and then as things consistently progress, then you move them along the process. Is that how it's going?
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, our research is based on in-depth interviews, and we've interviewed uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people over the last 25 years, including a lot of young people. And a second wave millennial we interviewed put it really well. Uh, she was saying, you know, I have this manager, and he keeps telling me he's going to be my mentor. And he keeps saying, stick with me, and here's where you'll be in five years. And she said, I'm dying to turn around and say to that guy— I hate to tell you, pal, but you don't know where you're gonna be in five years. Oh. Yeah. What, <laughs> what I love about that is it's the wisdom of youth, mm-hmm. right? that, that um, so older more experienced people they, they they still want to be able to plan for the long term. I guess human beings in general want the security of being able to plan for the long term, but in a highly uncertain environment, it makes less and less sense. To plan for the long term. You know, if you've done any work with strategic planners,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it, it, you know, when I started doing this stuff 25 years ago, strategic planners made strategic plans. Right. You know, right. Now strategic plans need algorithms f- of contingencies. No, for real. Right. So <laughs> Right at each point, it's true. Like you know, at each point where they have to look at a range of contingencies and do algorithms, and what would be, what what are all the range of possibilities that might happen at each turning point? It's Mm -hmm. like um, uh, every day is a sliding doors moment.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that that's so interesting because that makes things very, I think, tricky from a talent acquisition perspective, right? Because Talent acquisition is going in and they're saying, okay, we want to pipeline for what we believe is going to come down the line a year from now or two years from now. Or we want to start looking at, um, you know, this roadmap that strategists create, right? And executives create. Well, how do you do that when you're in a society of people now? And I call them pe- people, Right. Millennial Absolutely. people, but everyone. Yeah, yeah. But you're in a society where everything is like right now, and there is no. We'll see what the future is tomorrow, right? Basically, kind of yeah, mentality. I mean,
2: that is the challenge. Look, if this were easy, I'd have to get a job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me <know>? too, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so, um uh, w- my view is that uh, uh, you can have uh, provisional plans. Okay. Uh, and you have to have provisional plans, I agree. right? So you make provisional plans. Uh, what I tell our clients is, uh, there are four macro forces you have to be aware of that are driving uncertainty. Okay. Uh, institutions are in a state of constant flux. Mm-hmm. Individuals now believe they can only rely on themselves for success and security. Uh, in, in, information is in a constantly growing tidal wave, made available by technology that's easier and easier to use, and the pace of change immediacy is accelerating. So to remember those, I sometimes call those the four I's: mm-hmm. institutions, individuals, information, and immediacy. I like that. And all of this is driven by the great uh, drivers of history: globalization and technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we're operating in a macro environment of uncertainty. But what individuals and institutions need to do is make provisional plans. Okay. Uh, and and when you make provisional plans, you have to be aware of contingencies and you have to be aware that the unexpected might happen uh, and you might have to uh, shift gears quickly. So like uh, but- a
0: disaster recovery plan for... Or- Re- recruitments for people a, a people disaster
2: I mean <laughs> sure or your significant other gets an amazing job across the country and you leave right right right, right. or um you know it turns you know there, there's so many things that can happen there could be a war right uh, uh you could get sick
0: but I'm just saying
2: uh, in the way that you're you're describing
0: this whole scenario um, of the contingency plan it is kind of like the disaster recovery plan, roadmap, but just from a talent perspective, right? Because if it's like more of this contingency plan, then it's like, this is something that we want to do in the event, <laughs> you know, it's almost kind of like that if, dot, dot, dot. Does that's that make right. sense? Okay. Yeah, 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 that's
2: right. And okay. and, and, and so, um, you know, the military does this all the time. They drill, 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 standard operating procedures. They drill, 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 drill on plans, but they know darn well that a battlefield is unpredictable. Okay. And the better your standard operating procedures and the better your plans, the easier it is to shift gears quickly in the face of the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh, uh, one way to think about it is continuity is still very, very important. But the best way to ensure continuity in today's environment is to be flexible.
0: Okay. So is that, so that may be the answer to my next question. What does it take for a millennial to stay on their job for more than three years today? Because for what I can see, <laughs> based right. on, you know... You know, when I'm recruiting, you know, being on a job for five to 10 years is no longer the norm. Right. Especially in the millennial space. So how do we get a millennial to stay engaged to um, we, we can't future pace too much. Right. Right. So how do we get them to feel like this is a place because you mentioned lightly on that earlier. This is a place I want to stay for the next five to 10 years.
2: Yeah. 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 So what you don't do is say, here's where you're going to be in five years. Here's where you're going to be in 10 years.
0: Right.
2: Uh, right. Because then they, they get confused and say, well, you still want me to come back tomorrow. Right. Uh, I guess I'll see you in five years.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll
2: see where you're at. You know? Right. Um, so, so, uh, it, it's, Here's, here's, here's what I think. Um, what you have to do first is try to create dream jobs for superstars. Mm-hmm. Figure out what is it that people want. And, and money is too efficient a currency to only deal in money because people can look across the street and see who pays more. Exactly. So what are the other dream job factors? Uh, supportive leadership uh scheduling flexibility location and workspace uh, learning opportunities relationships at work uh, autonomy and creative freedom you have to now you can't do everything for everyone but what you have to do is 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 understand what are the dream job factors, and you have to figure out what does each person want. Economists call this creating a unique value proposition, mm-hmm. figuring out what does this person want. I don't want to work on Thursdays. Well, you know, it may be that that's not going to work for you as an employer, but if – you can make that work. You just found a needle in a haystack, mm-hmm. uh, because if you can do that for them, Oh, I want to bring my dog to work. Well, if, if you can't make that work, okay, maybe you have a research laboratory and, and, and with mice and the dog will scare the mice. So right. you say, Oh, we can't do that. But if you can do that, all of a sudden I've got the schedule I want, I can bring my dog to work and, then I start thinking, well, gee, you know, that's a very inefficient currency. Mm -hmm. How will I get that at my next job? Mm -hmm. Right. So this is called a unique value proposition. So number one, you have to try to Turn the reasons why people get frustrated and think about leaving into the reasons why they want to stay and work harder, Uh, find ways to do special things for people, set the job apart, make it different. Uh, uh, You know, business leaders always say to me, oh, well, we can't retain these millennials. And then in the next breath, they say, these millennials, they have all these unreasonable demands. I don't want to work on Thursdays. I want to bring my dog to work. And I always am saying to CEOs, hey. They keep telling you how to retain them. They keep telling you, I. how many times do I have to tell you? I don't want to work on Thursdays yeah. and I want to bring my dog to work. Yeah. That's how to retain me. They keep trying to tell you. So that's number one. Number two is don't. Don't tolerate low performers. Get low performers off your team because okay. why would you make custom deals for low performers? Mm-hmm. And low performers send a message to other people that low performance is an option. Low performers cause problems that high performers have to fix. Low performers get a paycheck, which is a waste of money. And low performers uh, may want to work with high performers, but high performers don't want to work with low Heck performers. No. Heck no. So get the low performers off the team. Step three. Don't let good people get into downward spirals. Uh, And that means leaders, managers, and supervisors have to be engaging with people to guide them, to direct them, to support them, to coach them. Maybe all of a sudden Thursday isn't what I need. Maybe now I want to come to work on Thursdays. uh, but, But I was wondering if I could... Work from home on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be engaged with them, and you got to help me get the resources I need, and figure out what do I do if I don't have the resources I need, and help me troubleshoot and problem sh- solve and plan at least today, tomorrow, and this week, and set priorities. So that's how you keep good people from getting into downward spirals. Uh, and then the next step is uh, when whatever you're doing for good people. Mm-hmm. You better be prepared to do even more for the great people. I like that. And 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 one person at a time, one day at a time, uh, you can retain millennials. So, Absolutely. You can retain anyone. You've you got to create a job that somebody would never want to quit in a million years. Who wants to quit a dream job? That's very true. So a so few
0: things I got from this. So one, it really is a shift in the way businesses operate like just from an operational perspective um, that's going to really bring this, this concept to life. And I agree with everything that you've just said. The second thing is not for you, it's for my listeners. <laughs> so for my staffing that are listening to this, uh, this was probably one of the most powerful uh, pieces of information that we've received on StaffingStartup.tv as a whole with all the episodes. And um, the reason why is because... This really, a lot of recruiters are transactional today. And they don't take the time to screen people or to get to know the candidates to find out exactly what it's going to take for them to want to leave their current position or what their dream job, quote unquote, looks like, right? And right. when when we're as recruiters or, or staffing agencies or executive search firms, third party agencies, we go out, we get the job order, still very transactional. We may ask very general questions about culture, but we really don't get into the nitty gritty about all the things that the company offers that makes the position a dream position for someone. I think this was a great. I think Bruce really like. I'm like on fire over here. Just FYI, <laughs> like fired up. Thank you. Uh, because I I believe this this is something that I teach. Like. Get to know your candidates first. Talk to your hiring managers. And if you don't have this as a part of your sourcing and business development strategy, start today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't think about it. Start today. Start getting to know people. So that's what I wanted to add into there, Bruce. Now, listen, we've got to take a commercial break, but we will be back. Oh, my gosh. Are y'all fired up with me? I know you are.
2: Yeah,
1: this is great.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we'll be back in two seconds. We're here with Bruce Tolgan, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the millennial shift. We're going to talk about the talent war. We're going to talk about all those great things. We'll be right back.
1: (laughs) Attention, all computer and information technology professionals. It is estimated that the business of placing contract technology workers is at least a billion dollar industry. And today, we want to show you how you can become a supplier of tech talent
2: to companies all over the world. That's right, you can put your IT colleagues on contract and build them out. It's not rocket science and is a great additional income. Let Staffingpreneurs Academy show you how to start your very own IT niche recruitment, staffing and consulting business. Learn more at staffingpreneursacademy.com IT. That's staffing, P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S
1: academy.com IT right now.
0: Hey, we are back. My name is Dee Williams, if you're not familiar, and I am the host of StaffingStartup.tv. And my podcast, first of all, is the best podcast on the planet. So if you haven't taken the time to go to our YouTube channel, please do so. If you haven't taken the time to go to StaffingPreneursAcademy.com, please do so. I help professionals start, grow, scale, and, and rock out their niche recruitment and staffing businesses. And today we are here with my special guest, super special, like asterisk 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 super special, <laughs> Bruce Hogan, <laughs> Bruce. Oh my gosh, this conversation is so amazing. So I have more questions. Um, so a few things. So you've written a number of books over the years, and there are two in particular that I feel that every preneur and, and really every manager should read once a quarter. Uh, one of them is bridging the soft skills gap, which I think is your latest book, right? Is that your latest book? It is. Book? Uh,
2: it is. Yeah, okay. it is.
0: Yep. How to teach the missing basics to today's young talent, and then the second book is winning the talent war, the talent wars. And the reason why I think that book was written a while ago, but the reason why I, I feel like that book is valuable to, for you to read every quarter is because it's timeless. Right. That's the only word that I could come up with. It's timeless. It's like a book you read every quarter just to stay
2: ahead of the curve, right? <laughs> well, thank you. I, I I will tell you that book came out in 2001. Wow. And when it came out first, people said, well, it's interesting, but it's way ahead of the, well, they didn't know it was ahead of the curve. What they said is, you know, are employers really going to increase the percentage of their workforce that's contingent by that much? Are they really going to move to paper for performance like this? Are they really going to try to, uh, change the role of training, change the role of, of managers? Uh, and, and so, uh, but it's turned out that that, that now is what, um, where we are. The, yeah, that's where we are. Um, I will tell you We're just in the process of issuing a white paper called Winning the Talent Wars 2018.
0: I saw it on your website.
2: yeah. yeah. So since that book came out uh, uh, 17 years ago, we've still been tracking, of course, employer-employee relations in the workplace and the labor market and the dynamics of uh, staffing and the talent wars. And so uh, the white paper is based on our very latest research uh, and it's free. It's uh, it's on the website. Uh, uh, you're welcome to put it on your website and distribute it to your folks. Thank uh, you. Tell them the uh, website. Tell them the website. My website's RainmakerThinking.com, but I hope that uh, we'll put it on your website, too.
0: We'll put it on (laughs) our website. We'll put it on all our websites because um, I downloaded the white paper, actually, and um, it's full of great information. And with that being said, with, you know, my wheels are turning... So today, companies are still looking for ways to win this talent war, and, and we have this generation of millennials that are here and ready to take over the world, but they're missing these key critical ingredients to becoming successful. Manpower did their survey, I don't know if it was 2017 survey or 2016 survey, and um, one of the bigger things that that employers have said globally that um, as far as reasons as to why this talent war the talent shortage or all of this exists is because there's a lack of soft skills amongst right and I thought that was when I saw it I thought I was like wow like I never realized it was that uh, it was it was lacking we were lacking in that space so let me ask you first before I get into my real question what is your definition of soft skills for people who don't understand that concept
2: Yeah. Okay. So we've been tracking, uh, what we call the soft skills gap for a couple of decades now. When I talk about soft skills, don't get me wrong. I don't mean they're easy, right? They're difficult, Mm -hmm. but, uh, traditionally we call hard skills, technical training. Mm -hmm. Uh, so anytime you need to learn information and technique specific, to carry out a task responsibility or project, uh, that's usually considered technical training. Uh, soft skills are broad transferable skills that never become obsolete, right? Technology becomes obsolete, so technical training can become obsolete.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, uh, soft skills don't become obsolete. So, a good example is a technical skill might be learning, mastering a particular software package. Mm-hmm. Uh, But a soft skill would be being really good at learning. Okay. Right? Right. Uh, So um, uh, it may be that um, uh, uh, being able to design uh, uh, a a circuit – Board. That's a that's a good example of a technical skill. Being able to draw blood properly, mm-hmm. uh, or be, you know, uh, a whole range of what would be called STEM mm-hmm. skills, mm-hmm. right? Science, technology, engineering, and math mm-hmm. uh, are the are the most in demand technical skills. Hard skills. Soft skills are those broad transferable skills uh, that will make you valuable anywhere you go. Um, and that never become obsolete. Uh, so it's professionalism and critical thinking and, uh, uh, followership. Uh, those are the kinds of things, people, skills, uh, uh, learning, uh, timeliness, mm-hmm how you conduct yourself, mm-hmm. your your service mindset, your approach to teamwork. Uh, one of the cliches is people often get hired because of their hard skills, but they get fired because, because of their lack soft. of soft skills. That's
0: right. That's right? right. That's very true. That's very true. So do you feel if millennials had, this is a big question. So like this question, you might look at me and say, D, get it together. But do you think that if millennials had stronger soft skills like, do you believe that that would be the solution or that solution could play a key role in ending the war for talent?
2: Well, what I think is that uh, soft skills are a huge differentiator for any individual. Uh, and when you build a culture around strong soft skills, it's a huge differentiator for any organization.
1: Wow.
2: Um and what I think is that, uh, or what our research shows is that the the soft skills gap has been growing uh, overall in the workforce among people of all ages. Yeah. Uh, it, because the soft skills, they're it's kind of the old fashioned basics, and they're kind of out of fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who teaches, uh, you know, please and thank you and yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and how to dress properly and show up early and use a checklist and take notes? And uh, who teaches that anymore? Uh, You know, uh, uh, some people do, you know, I do. are right.
0: No, you're 100% (laughs) right. That's definitely not something that that people teach anymore. And I think that most people or most employers, I'll say- Believe that people just automatically have it,
2: right? They don't really. Yeah, or they think like your mother should have taught you. Exactly. That. You should have learned that in school. Yeah. Like you show up on day one in my workplace and I'm supposed to teach you that stuff. Um, but if you look at organizations that hire a lot of young people, Uh, I'll give you, my favorite example is the United States Marine Corps. Okay. Uh, they hire a lot of young people Mm -hmm. and my friends in the Marines say we hire a lot of extraordinary young people, but mostly we hire ordinary young people. It's just that we have to get extraordinary performance out of them all day, every day, because America's strength and the world's safety and every single life is on the line,
0: Wow,
2: which is pretty intense, right? It is intense. you may have uh, noticed they have a little onboarding program. It's kind of famous. They call it boot camp. Yeah. It lasts thirteen weeks. It's twenty four hours a day, and it, and and yeah, they teach people some technical skills. They teach them how to use a weapon and stuff like that. Uh, but they teach them how to conduct themselves. Mm-hmm. They tear people down and rebuild them. Mm-hmm. Uh, of what they teach is soft skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and there's a reason. So the Marines don't say, well, we shouldn't have to teach people that stuff. You know, somebody should have taught them that the mm-hmm. Marines say, we have a very young workforce and lives are on the line. We're going to teach them that stuff. Uh, and a lot of other really smart employers do the same thing that, that rely on young people. And more and more, we're seeing uh, employers that rely on young people are realizing you can't teach all of the soft skills to every young person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can decide which soft skills are critical to your culture in your organization. And then uh, make sure that everybody you hire Uh, is uh, is read in on those priorities and given the opportunity to learn those skills and practice them and get really good at them.
1: You're listening to StaffingStartup.tv. Be sure to connect with us on YouTube to catch the live video footage of the show.
0: So you just answered my next question and which was how can niche recruitment and staffing agencies help bridge the soft skills gap for companies? And I think you just laid out the whole plan, right? So for my yeah, listeners, I mean,
2: go ahead. I think you build it into your recruiting message, yes. build it into your selection process, build it into your onboarding process, uh, build it into your up to speed training, yes. build it into your day-to-day management process, build it into your performance management systems, build it into your feedback and evaluation systems and and tie rewards directly to excellence in 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 your critical soft skills.
0: And so first of all you got to go get Bruce's book, right? So so let me I'm not he didn't yeah. ask me to say that though. Let me just tell you. But I what I want you to do is go to go into Amazon and get his book, Bridging the Soft Skills Gap, right? How to teach the missing basics to today's Young Talent. And and then what you want to do is go to those hiring managers that you're connecting with and find out what soft skills are most important to them. And then find a way to incorporate that into your onboarding program customized per client, right? You can have a general one, but kind of have this customizable uh, a plan. And that could be definitely a key differentiator for all of my staffing preneurs out there that are listening. Like, how do I set my business apart? How can I, how can I impact companies and impact the economy and, and all of those things and not look like the other 19,408 staffing agencies out there. And I think this is definitely a key differentiator when you're focusing on something that is a true... Um, There is a true shortage. There's a true gap there from that
2: perspective. So that's
0: really, really awesome. Get his book. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
2: absolutely. And by the way, like as a staffing firm uh, and, you know, uh, uh, I've keynoted at American Staffing Association yeah. and, you know, I know the staffing industry a little bit, not yeah. as well as you do, but but. um you know, if as a staffing firm, if you become known for being able to help employers with this, uh, that really is a big differentiator.
0: Yes. Like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Right. All right. So we are going to take another break. We'll be back with Bruce, talk to him a little bit more. Uh, you are listening to staffingstartup.tv. Please go to our YouTube channel, check us out live. Bruce is. On video, I'm on video. We're having a great time, as you can tell here. Also, don't forget to like our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. You got to like us and leave a comment. Tell me what you think about this interview with Bruce. He's awesome, right? Okay, we'll be back <laughs> in a couple moments. <laughs>
1: Attention, all registered nurses, physicians, and healthcare professionals. The healthcare industry has a high demand for workers. The Bureau of Labor Statistics projects 5 million new jobs in healthcare between 2012 and 2022, mainly due to the aging population, number of people needing healthcare, and replacing retired workers. There's a major talent shortage, and you know the talent that companies are looking for. It's time to start thinking about your very own niche recruitment and staffing agency business. From startup through launch, let Staffingpreneurs Academy show you how. Learn more at staffingpreneursacademy.com slash healthcare. That's staffing, P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S academy.com slash healthcare right now.
0: All right, we are back and I am here talking to Bruce and we're talking about the soft skills gap. We're talking about the talent war. We're getting fired up over here with strategies. I mean, real implementable strategies that you can do right now. I hope that was a word. (laughs) And, um, And so let me ask you a general question. In your opinion and based on your research, what do you think is missing in recruitment and staffing right now? Like, what have we done right, specifically related to the skills gap and the talent shortage? And what have we done wrong?
2: You mean what are recruiters doing right yeah, now?
0: The industry as a whole, because so recruitment and staffing, I feel like it's always two steps behind technology, right? Or two yeah, yeah. steps behind you know, just the in everything as a whole, right? We're not as far as the government per se. We're not that far behind, but we're also, right. uh, I don't always feel like we're as forward moving or as forward thinking as we could be as an in, as an industry. I mean, when you think about the fact that there is a skills gap, you know, there is a talent gap and you have 19,408 staffing agencies out here. That's just on the staffing side, right? That doesn't include talent acquisition or anything like that we are somewhat behind. A couple of um, years ago, big article, um, the Harvard Business Review did, it's time to blow up HR. You know, that caused so much craziness like everywhere. It's clear that we have not reached our full potential. We're not even at the line. We're getting there. I feel like we're definitely moving as an industry, but we haven't gotten there yet. Like, what do you feel? How do you feel? I know you talk strongly about the skills gap and high performance, but what's missing? Like what yeah. how can we how can we get to that place where where because I don't feel like there should be a skills gap or that there should be, not with the level of technology that we have out here, not with um the accessibility that we have to the market when when, you know and I'm talking now but when recruiters say I can't find talent I'm like dude it's 7.5 billion people on the planet what are you talking about you can't fill a (laughs) position (laughs) what are you even saying right now so but even that mentality says to me we're still we still haven't caught up right so in your opinion and just like based on your research like what do you feel like we're missing
2: Yeah, So, I mean, what's interesting is the staffing industry is sort of at the cutting edge of the changing employment relationship, because if the workplace of the past was pay your dues, climb the ladder, do as you're told, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, wait for your boss to notice you, wait for the system to take care of you in the long term right, where you hit your wagon of the star of an established organization and stay there. Mm-hmm. That was the past. Uh, the workplace of the future, uh, one of the reasons why the staffing industry is growing so much is that employers are relying so much more on short-term talent, contingent talent, um, and outsourcing their talent acquisition.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, the funny thing is that the staffing industry is at the cutting edge of that transition mm-hmm. in the labor market and in employment practices. But I think a lot of staffing professionals they still see themselves as sort of procurement middle person as opposed to um uh, a human capital strategist mm. and 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 with tacticians working th- for the, stra- be a strategist and then have tacticians who help you and your clients execute. Mm-hmm. So uh, every employer probably has their own strategy. Now there are leading strategies that will apply to a lot of different employers, but um, what I think that uh, y- you should think of yourself as a strategist, first and foremost, uh, staff the work, not the jobs. Yeah. Uh make sure you're training for every mission, not for the long haul. Uh, make sure that you're working with your clients, uh, to think through the challenge and how can they most efficiently and effectively, uh, get more work done and get better work done and, uh, uh, get it done with fewer people, uh, one super good person instead of three mediocre people. Right. Um, and, and, and um, so I think that's kind of the mind shift I'd like to see. Yeah. Uh, employers are struggling also, uh, and when they come to you, what they should get is a strategist who can help them think through their staffing puzzle, their human equation, uh, and and help them come up with strategies, uh, and then. Uh, help them execute on those strategies.
0: That, like, I'm in love just now. (laughs) (laughs) That is totally, you know, you're the, I ask this question all the time. You're the first person that has really, I feel like, given a response that resonates with me so personally. Uh, I do feel like, you know, a lot of staffing agents, I, I coach tons of staffing agencies across the globe. And right. most agencies are so transactional, they never think of strategy. It's like, oh, they have a job order, let me fill it, right? They never exactly. go beyond there. But I love when you talk about being that strategist and, and really being able to take a step back before you ever fill the job so okay yeah a company may have an open job but like okay let's talk about that open job why is the position open um right. how you know um you know so once you figure out that the big reason why then you can start to think about those uh, you know how you want to establish a strategy maybe it's for you to go back and rewrite the job description for them one that makes Absolutely. more sense right and and right, so, right, right. so you're you're where i'm at
2: so <laughs> I mean, imagine if imagine if what you say to them is, oh, you think you need to fill five positions here, but I'm looking at the work that needs to get done. I've done an analysis now based on our, our conversations, and I think that's not quite right. I think you need three positions at this level and two positions at this level, or uh, maybe there's only four positions here, or there's six, or yeah. uh, uh, let's look at this Let's look at this differently. Good news. You came to me. I'm going to help you uh, come up with a better way of looking at this. And and that is going to make a big difference in your bottom line.
0: I love that. Okay. So do you have any specific advice? You know, um, Staffingpreneurs Academy is my community where all of these entrepreneurs, these staffing entrepreneurs come together. And, you know, you can tell by my energy, we have a great time, right? It's really, you know, we're learning, but we're connecting all these great things. And I I put this podcast together because, um, honestly, I... I know no matter what happens, people are going to always want to come into the recruitment and staffing industry. And because it's so competitive, it's hard to get, I feel like, real valuable information to help you bring your business to life. So I put together uh, StaffingStartup.tv so that um, when people do decide they want to come in the industry Thought leaders like you can give advice and really show them, you know, if you're going to do this, if you're going to get into this business, then this is you want to think about this or you might want to go into this direction and so forth. So for people who are starting out that are brand new, that have this idea, they're excited, they're amped up. If they're watching my YouTube channel, you know, they're amped up, right? (laughs) (laughs) So they're amped up and they're like, okay, you know, best advice you can give, Bruce, what would you say to them?
2: Well, I'd say two things. One, remember that any employer of any significant scope, what they really need, even if they don't know it, is a strategic staffing war room. So partner with HR and help them be their strategic staffing war room, Mm -hmm. Uh, be, be their Experts be their uh, advisors, be a- and and also uh, execute for them. So that's one thing. The second thing is don't forget that your organization is an organization too. Hello, you're, you're not just an entrepreneur; you're a leader, uh, and your team—they're uh, people too. So they need structured, supportive leadership. Don't forget that your team uh, needs uh, a great leader also, and, and that's you. And that doesn't mean, hey, do it however, it, you know, what comes naturally to you. This is my style. There are best ways of doing things. And what people need is high structure, high substance, guidance, direction, support, coaching, resource planning, troubleshooting, problem solving, accountability, and Recognition and rewards. Celebrate their success. Don't forget, you have a team too and you're a leader and, and you've got to pay close attention to how you're playing your role as a leader.
1: The StaffingStartup.tv podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before you make any decision based on anything in our podcast. Visit staffingstartup.tv to learn more about how we're regulated or access our terms and conditions.
0: I love that. So what can we? Your listening audience now, what can we do for you? How can we support you?
2: Uh, come to RainmakerThinking.com. There's tons of free stuff there. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Bruce Tolgan on Twitter. Find me on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you made a great suggestion before. You could always buy one of my books. Buy the
0: books. <laughs> buy the books. I, like, I secretly on the sly was saying it undercover. Buy the book. <laughs>
2: right. Buy really? the books because they're
0: awesome.
2: But and- there's lots Free stuff on our website.
0: Yeah, the the website is phenomenal.
2: Let me just tell you, Man.
0: I was on Launch, there
2: launching a new website June eighteenth.
0: Oh, you're doing a new, but then
2: the one. So it'll, be okay, it'll be even better. Okay, be even better. Listen, same thing, it'll be better.
0: I was on the website, I think for three hours. Left. <laughs> Last night, I'm just like going through reading everything and um, I was like wow his website is really rich it made me want to go back <laughs> honestly <laughs> and just kind of maybe look at my website a little bit differently as well because you okay. dig you do give so much information out there to support people. So Bruce, I am so excited. I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so humbled. I'm honored that you have taken time out of your day to connect with us staffingpreneurs here at StaffingStartup.tv. We really appreciate you for, for coming by. Will you come back is the big question.
2: It is a privilege for me to be on the show. You made it so easy and so much fun. Uh, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs>
0: awesome. <laughs> we would love to have you back again. Thank you so much again. Bruce Tolgan is our guest. My name is Dee Williams. I'm the host of Staffing Startup TV. Uh, please do me a favor. I'm going to just remind you, go to our YouTube channel and check us out because I'm telling you, you think that it sounds good. Wait till you see us live. You'll be amped up. Um, also, don't forget to check us out on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and all the great res- uh, places that we're posted. And of course, come to staffingstartup.tv, the website, so that you can listen to all the other episodes of the podcast and get your downloads and all that great stuff too. So thank you for being here. I'm so crazy about each and every one of you. I want you to do amazing things in your niche, recruitment and staffing businesses. Trust me, if you're here, it's your time. You're just here getting the resources to help you build whatever your vision is. So stay at it. Don't give up. Let's do this thing. High five. All right, I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like more information on any of our stories or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at StaffingStartup.tv. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please leave a five-star rating and a super awesome review so others can enjoy the show too. Check out the live video footage on YouTube. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.